It's January 3rd, 2022, and you are least listening to The Least Woke Man in America. Happy New Year, everyone. I hope you had a great Christmas, the second COVID Christmas, which is amazing because we were all promised COVID would be gone by now. But that's a whole different story that we will get into today, unfortunately. <laughs> I don't. I mean, it's a current events podcast, so I guess I have to talk about COVID, even though uh, I'm a little exhausted at this point, and I'm not particularly worried about I'm a cold. And you shouldn't be worried about Amicold either, regardless of what anybody tells you. And we will get into that. We'll get into Antonio Brown, even though I don't want to. There's still some beautiful nuggets that go well beyond sports in the Antonio Brown story. But let me start with a story that uh, really, really just shook me this morning when I was reading the news. And again, it's just developing, I think, but... I mean, unless there's details that we don't know about that are going to emerge, this is a story that uh, really shows where we are, and we got to start doing something besides just elections. And where I'm going with this is um, Little Rock Police Chief, the Little Rock Police Chief, uh, Keith Humphrey, a black man, was suspended, has been put on administrative leave, excuse me, after, well, let me read this. The move, and this is from the New York Post uh, this morning. The move came after Keith, Chief Chief Keith Humphrey uh, saw a fight in a parking lot. And as he got out of his car, a woman fired her weapon into the group, according to the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Now, I'm reading the New York Post, but they're quoting the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Humphrey then repeatedly fired his weapon at the suspected shooter, 29-year-old Taz Hayes. Hayes was uninjured and police later took her into custody, but Hayes' gunfire injured a 22-year-old woman. So we have a woman who shot into a crowd, injured another woman, who was rushed to a Little Rock hospital and is in critical condition as of Saturday morning. Um, this is, uh, and then on Saturday afternoon, Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr. confirmed Humphreys, who's the police chief. I, I'm sorry, for, do you live, all right, I'm going to finish. I promise, I'll finish the quote. Little Rock Mayor Frank Scott Jr. confirmed Humphreys' involvement in the shooting, announcing he will be put on administrative leave in accordance with department standard protocol. So he shot his weapon, maybe it's a standard protocol thing, um, but my God, on the surface, this is uh, crazy. You have a poli black police chief shooting at a woman who is shooting into a crowd, including hitting someone who is in critical condition. And the police chief is um, put on administrative leave. So I don't know. I don't understand why the administrative leave right at the onset, just because he shot a weapon and in such a clear situation. I could see if it was, uh, you know, 24, 48 hours went by and it was one of those situations where they end up finding out the person who, or, you know, first of all, someone was shot and killed by a cop, which this is not the case here. And then that person who was shot and killed or shot and hurt bad they find out didn't have a weapon or had a ham sandwich in their hand instead of a gun, and I get all that. This is a guy, a police chief, a black police chief, who shot a woman, shot at a woman who was shooting into a crowd of other people.
people and he's put on administrative leave. Now that leave could end tomorrow, hopefully, or it could end three months from now. But anybody with any type of concern for this country, any type of concern for justice, the police, uh, this is something we need to follow. Because I don't know about you, it's not as bad not in my area because I'm living in a very pro-Second Amendment area, but crime is picking up in my area. I hear horror stories all the time. Uh, someone recently, their entire uh, you know 7 by 14 enclosed cargo trailer just drove off with it. That's about the third story I've heard in the last 12 months regarding someone's cargo trailer. Somebody else just driving. I don't think I've ever heard a story like that in my area before. So area... Uh, crime is picking up in my area, but in suburban areas here in upstate New York, it's just exploding. I mean, absolutely exploding. In LA, I don't know, <laughs> Beverly Hills, it's exploding. I laugh, but you know, th th there's so much stuff going on right now, whether it's, uh, you know, adult naked men walking around women's locker rooms at gyms and YMCA's across the country, whether it's, uh, you know, yup, liberal yuppies having their uh, houses robbed, windows smashed, cars stolen. It's all an example of you got to let the children touch the stove. Yeah, I mean, you can yell at the kid, yell, yell, yell. Uh, one little tap, one little blister on their thumb. There, that's what happens when you touch the stove, period. And that's the only way to, one, get through. There are repercussions, the stupidity, and two, that the big, mean, white, conservative guy with parted hair might not be espousing law and order out of a place of complete hate and racism. Mind-blowing concept from coast to coast in this country, especially in colleges and universities and media outlets. That is a mind-blowing concept that there are people who support police and uh, support the idea of law in order, not out of hate and racism, but to protect the greater good. Did you know you can go to a college in this country and spend $50,000 a year, $200,000 over four years, and still not come away with that nugget of information that I just shared with you? Uh, you can walk away despondent, walk around with your head down, especially if you're a white male, you have just had all these sins of previous generations cast upon you. Um, but that uh, now it's your lifelong journey to work out your salvation for who you are as a white male, uh, which there's all types of things involved in that. All types of things involved in that, uh, what I don't get to right now. But so the point is, this is a crazy story, uh, a concerning story. Very concerned. This one just floored me. And it takes a lot. I like a lot of you. If you've been following politics for a long time, if you've been following the American left for a long time, at this point, it takes a lot to shock me. And this one was crazy. So you never know. In the next day or two, he might be taken off the leave. But for this to happen in a red state, but again, it's a blue city inside of a red state. So we, you always have to be conscious of that. There's no limit to what goes on in these blue cities, even if they're in red states. The only, the only thing that they have going for them, it's like the couple in St. Louis, Missouri with a gun on their porch to, <laughs> who got in trouble after, uh, you know, uh, uh, hooligans knocked down their gate and started walking on their property and threatening them. And they stood there with a gun and they're the ones who were arrested and prosecuted. The biggest 
advantage they had was that once it, you know, St. Louis is a blue city indoctrinated with George Soros or flooded with, not indoctrinated, but flooded with George Soros money at different city level positions like so many of these cities are. But once at least it gets to the state level, all of that nonsense just gets thrown out. Thank God. And that's the advantage um, if something bad does happen to this police chief, which I don't think it will. Once it gets to the state level in Arkansas, they'll be on his side. Now, in blue states, I just can't even imagine what it's like to be a cop right now because you don't have that type of protection at the state level. You know, someone could be at the most conservative uh, county, and there's many of them, believe it or not, in New York, especially here in upstate New York and northern New York. Uh, people around the country probably can't believe that. We have some very conservative counties here. There's just not a lot of people. But if a sheriff or a state trooper screws up in one of those counties or a private citizen protecting themselves, there is absolutely no one in Albany to protect that person. The inmates are running the asylum. The, the worst members of society are the chosen people. Everything is in reverse compared to a good and just and healthy society. And that's the way we live. So like a lot of people, you, you want to stick it. Do you move or do you stick it out on some type of missionary you're like a missionary do you know if you're a conservative person especially a christian person you're really like a missionary in a blue state i don't even know why some churches you know they're still sending churches uh, missionaries to africa and south america which is great and, and necessary but it might be time to start sending missionaries to massachusetts and new york and connecticut etc so i wanted to start with that because that article really had me concerned this morning so we'll take a break and we will talk about i'm a cold coming up next Okay, now it's time to talk about Omicold. Omicold, you know the new variant, Omicron, or maybe I should call it Omicold. Well, whatever. <laughs> Regardless, um, first of all, why are we talking about COVID in 2022? With the way it was supposed to play out, now does everybody remember this? Joe Biden won the election in supposedly in November uh, of 2020, and then the adults, the medical and health and climate and social and justice adults were going to take charge of the United States of America in January and January 6th. And from that point on, the, the adults are flying the plane, COVID's going to get under control, the vaccines are coming out, blah, 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 blah. Well, here we are, the end of 2021, beginning of 2022, and COVID is still the story. Now, um, and all along, anybody that questioned anything uh, the adults had to say, similar to, I don't know, the Soviet Union, had some serious problems, especially if they're in the medical community. Wow, look out. So um, so here we are in 2022. We're still talking about it. Now, this comes from someone I hate to disappoint a lot of you. Yes, I am vaccinated. But you have to, all you anti-vax people also need to realize something. All of us were vaccinated. We did not go there, especially on the right, with this big smile on our face, thinking we are the responsible ones and blah, blah. You know, you have to, the, 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 the story, the narrative with right-leaning vaccinated people versus the narrative, the psychological, mental narrative, whatever you want to call it, versus left-leaning vaccinated people is completely different. For God's sakes, when I got my booster, I kid you not, I was at the New York State Fairgrounds in Syracuse, and I tell people, there were families there with kids, and I am not a fan of kids getting the vaccine. And they had the same, they must have all been Democrats, or Covacrats as I call them. These Covacrats, they're all standing there, 
I'm not the same jubilation you see when a family is at a uh, Six Flags or an amusement park in line to go on a roller coaster or a ride or a water slide together, laughing and kidding and blah, 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 blah. You know, there's just that underlying arrogance. We're the good people and the Republicans are the bad people. And, you know, even though there's a major swath of inner city Democrats who are not vaccinated, there's a dirty little story that you won't see anywhere. But, and so uh, it's completely different on the right. Uh, those of us who are vaccinated, it's like we did it. We're still skeptical. We're still somewhat concerned. Probably the right thing to do. We know people that have been hit with COVID who have died and been sick. So in some ways, it's two evils you have to choose from. So before you shut the podcast off and go into some type of rage, how I'm a fake right winger, let's let's please all take all that into account. So I don't even call it the vaccine anymore. I call it the COVID shot because right now, to me, there's no difference between this and the flu shot. Kind of works, kind of doesn't work. No one knows for sure. Uh, there's a certain group that's in stunningly arrogant that uh, re- regarding what, you know, because they get it every year and they're, you know, fighting evil and blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, smallpox has been eliminated. Polio has been el- eliminated. Uh, COVID has not been eliminated and it won't be, period. It's going to keep mutating. And it's going to be around for a long time. And we can keep doing shots if you want to do shots. And the pharmaceutical companies are more than enough to create them, and the government's more than happy to pay for them. But it's sooner or later, myself included, there's going to be shot fatigue because it's our life, our choice, our body. And I'm sorry, we don't want to keep putting things into it. You know, some people don't like having a baby in their body, and some people don't have like having government-produced vaccines in their body. To each his own. So that's what's um, so that's what's going on here. And I want to share a great resource regarding COVID and uh, Omicol in general, and that is Dr. John Campbell. He's on YouTube. And like I mentioned before, the new upcoming leastwoke.com will have links to all these amazing resources that I constantly find. But Dr. Campbell, I'm looking here right now, 21 hours ago, he created a new update, creates daily updates, uh, 1 million views. He... Um, is a medical doctor. He has that going for him. He's a white male. He has that going against them. But anyway, uh, <laughs> but uh, Dr. Campbell is extremely honest and objective. And that's probably the reason he hasn't been taken down yet. Lots of charts, lots of graphs, quotes doctors from around the world, usually government doctors. So he's hard to fight with. And, you know, I started watching him a week or two before Christmas and it gave me a lot of peace of mind. Um, and, I, and I've sent the links to him to a lot of other people. Uh, he was very honest when it started in South Africa that we needed to wait for better data. I'm surprised he wasn't showing off, you know, throwing off YouTube for that because it's a black country and he's white. Because you know, racism is more important than quality medical information. So the um, and then you know, the information came out of South Africa as time went on. He clearly showed uh, I'm a cold exploding, hospitalizations going down. Then it came to the UK where he lives. The Oh, I'm a cold uh, chart was disturbing at first. I mean, it was straight up like we're seeing in America right now. Hospitalizations barely went up. Did you see recently the media had a, uh, a covagasm with the uh, children in the hospital for I'm a cold and Fauci of all people had to step in and calm everybody down 
and say a lot of it is children who are being admitted for other things and are either going to the hospital with COVID or catching it in the hospital or testing positive in the hospital, when Fauci has to step in and calm everybody down. Now, you could say it's because, well, because Fauci is promoting the vaccine, especially the vaccine among kids, and now kids are getting it. It makes him look bad. I understand that. But there's something about that guy that really likes to pump the fear and the dread and despair with this thing, regardless of his previous promises about the effectiveness of the vaccine. So for him to step in, though, (laughs) and for him to step in and calm everybody down, that just shows how much the media covagasm for Omicold was getting completely out of control. So if I were you and you're concerned, you have a family, you have kids, you're sick of the media nonsense, I listen to Dr. John Campbell and I block out so much else of the COVID nonsense. You know, because it, it, but it provides truth. For the 3% of the American population, they actually care about the truth, you know, remaining 3% that actually care about what's true. Um, the truth is a roadmap. All right, so you can't, you'll never find a postmodernist who creates an atlas or a roadmap. And I know we don't use maps anymore, you GPS. Just take a walk back with me 10, 20 years in the 90s, if you will, where you still use maps. I, I love maps, Mapco maps, nice maps. So um, you can't, a postmodernist can never own a map company because there is no my truth and your truth and your geography and my truth. The map is the map, the town is where it is, the roads are where they are. Pure, objective truth. So, and uh, with that, it gives you a roadmap. So, thanks to Dr. Campbell and his information, there's others out there. He just, I think his presentations are very polished, and he seems very forthright. And so, when when you see the stories that are going to be coming, because I do think because of the number of people who are going to get sick and have to go into the quarantine and all that type of stuff, we will have disruptions probably major disruptions here in the next two to three weeks with schools and businesses and God only knows stores. So there's going to be some upheaval because of Omicold. Uh, Not because of people dying, not because of hospitalizations, not because of ventilators, not because of the normal stuff that was, uh, you know, panic that we had two years ago, just because of the, the spread and people do get sick, and then even if they're recovering or feel like and with a normal cold, you know, you might be sick for a day. You know, women are laughing, saying, well, if it's a man, it's three days. I, I can, we, we can get at this point. But anyway, so, you know, you're sick, you, you, and you go back to work the next day. You know, if you don't feel like 100%, you don't want to waste your sick days. You don't want your pay to be lower if you work hourly, etc. But with the forced government um, uh, period that you're supposed to go into quarantine, then it's different. So I think there's going to be upheaval. But when you have the truth, when you know how fast this spreads, when you know it's almost over within South Africa, when you know the UK is going to be peaking or has peaked, then it's so much different than living in abject David Muir, Good Morning America, Anderson Cooper panic from the time you get up in the morning to the time you go to bed at night. Um, So that's why, whether it's anything, but specifically, I'm a cold because of the mass neurosis and anxiety. They have no problem creating. I mean, you know, everybody talks about how much more anxiety there is in society now, which I understand. We are a very anxious society. We have a lot of responsibilities, a lot of uncertainty. But, you know, part of it is you, you um, can only put certain, and everybody knows this inherently is common sense, but it needs to constantly be repeated. Um, if you constantly input garbage and nonsense 
into your psyche or soul, you're going to end up with a nonsense-oriented, uh, incoherent psyche and soul. It could become TV shows from TV, excuse me, TV shows, what you read, text threads or message threads you're on. That stuff all has to be policed because there's an input-output thing. Again, we all know this. But the problem, we get numb to it. We get numb to it so we don't even realize how off-kilter that we really are. And uh, the way this AMA cold has been reported as part of it, you know, I, I and I, I'm not going to rant here, but one of the things that concerns me, whether it's that the police chief I spoke about who suspended for firing at a woman who was firing into a crowd of people, which I still can't say without laughing because it's so nuts. But so he's in trouble for that or on leave. We're going to wake up one day. We are going to wake up one day, and I will be doing many podcasts about this. Tucker is talking about this. Ben Shapiro is talking. Anybody with a brain in their freaking head that cares about this country is talking about the same thing. This this COVID fog will clear at some point. All right. So then it's a question, what are the real stories that are going on? And we are going to wake up to a very different world because of one word, and that word is China, a country. And uh, for, you, for those of you who play video games 20 hours a day, uh, China is a country in Asia. It's a big country that you might want to think about at some point. So the um, China, I was reading recently about China. They're about, to, they're about to have the same influence in Latin America, South America, as they've had in Africa, which is extraordinary. Uh, they're just pulling resources from all over the world, cutting deals all over the world. And I was thinking to myself, you got it. You really got to ingest what I'm about to say here. It's just, 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 just a, it's not good, but it's amazing. It's really amazing if you think about it. Okay, so China is doing. China is doing exactly what America had the capacity to do over the last thirty or forty years, as far as their influence and cutting deals and using the resources in Africa and other third world countries, but we weren't allowed to do it because the never ending guilt trip of the American left. And frankly, we would have done it in a nicer way, despite all of our sins, which I'm not apologizing for, because I left that Barack Obama's good enough with that. I don't need to do it. Despite all of our sins, we would have done it in a nicer way. Rather than the loan to own concept, I don't know if any of you know this, China, they'll go into these third world countries, let them borrow a ton of money, use um, bridges and other important national structures as collateral, knowing the country can't pay it back. They foreclose and they own it. It's called loan to own. It's done in Wall Street. It's done in this country with between businesses, but China's taken it to a whole new level as far as doing it to other countries, especially Africa countries. And there's been some blowback in starting with that, but you know, we would have been went about it a lot nicer way. We would have had all the access to all the resources that they have access to right now, which are critical resources. By resources, I mean uh, minerals in the ground, copper, zinc, uranium. All the resources are going to be critical with all the new technology and all the new products that are coming out. So we're going to wake up to a world when COVID ends that we don't even know it hit us. If you look at the panoramic view of the United States of America, which I think is critically important in a very honest, sober way, you have a aging population, anywhere from a huge group of people from their mid-60s to the people that are in their hundreds right now, which is happening all the time, retired, need government programs, expect the money to be there for Medicare and Medicaid. As, Medicare, excuse me, not Medicaid, Social Security, as they should, since they paid into it for sometimes 40 
50 years, okay? So, um, so that, that, that's played out. And so you have that massive number of people on the verge of retirement needing entitlement programs they've paid into and the money's been squandered by the government. You have a massive addiction problem. You have a massive entitlement problem. You have massive social dysfunction, massive addiction levels. I hate to sound so negative. Where do you start? You have to start by facing the problem. God gives us problems to overcome or we die of boredom. You can't. The goal is just not let it get out of control, which I think we're close to right now. But the point is, so the COVID fog is going to subside. And then, of course, then there's the China situation. But here's where it gets even more dicey. What if you have your country, you love your country, you revere your country as uh, the 20 to 30% of us left to do, uh, not out of racism, not of white part patriarchy, uh, not out of white supremacism, but because we have a fundamental understanding of the country it was based on and what makes it unique, which is mind-blowing, you know, concept to liberals. But so, but you're not allowed to address the problems because a certain group controls the mediums for free speech. That's what's scary. So that 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 that's what's so incredible about this. The American left, the American left, who has some you know sympathy towards communist countries. And communist, uh, communist countries, socialist countries, like China, subdued America, America's ability to use resources in third world countries out of guilt, out of racism, etc. We could have never done the things in Africa, the Caribbean, other countries that China's doing because the left would have had a field day. Left wing presidents, going back to Carter and uh, uh, Clinton wouldn't have allowed it. At different times when the left controlled the Senate and the Congress, they would have not allowed it. We would have never been able to re use the resources that communist China, and again, their buddies, are now doing. Because they thought, you know, that's being the good guy is leaving those countries alone. But the country they sympathize with the most, or one of the countries they sympathize with the most, with the system they sympathize with the most, is doing it instead. And, and again, because China has such massive influence with these tech companies, including some of the tech companies, this podcast and my YouTube channel, YouTube, uh, will be able to, that limits our ability in the future to express the problem, address the problem. It's a really, if you connect all the dots, maybe not explain as well as I should be, but it's a really frightening scenario that no one, because there's social justice and BL, Black Lives Matter and COVID and this fog that we live in, trans rights and transgender stuff, people are going to wake up and not re realize America is no longer at the center of the global financial world, the globalist. And the only reason we get to participate in this nonsense, this phony victimhood, not real nonsense is because we are the most powerful country, because our currency is the most powerful. I mean, that is the reason why people in this country can live in free um, apartments with nice furniture, full of video games, do drugs all day, and then go protest how awful the country is. The reason all of that works is because of the work and the discipline 
and that it's taken to make this country the center of global affairs, global finance, global economics. Once that's gone, and we find out the emperor has no clothes, there's a lot of people who are going to have a lot of bad days, and way worse than Amakold could have ever brought to them.